For a time, we tried to contact him by radio, but no response. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode seven of the Dumb Marks Podcast. Chris, how was your week? Week was pretty good, Steve. Uh, got caught up on the first four Karate Kid movies, uh, so part of our little weekly Cobra Kai update in a way. Um, you have, watched the one with Jaden Smith? I haven't watched that yet, uh, so that's the only one. So what were the four? So the three with... Uh, oh, with the, with uh, Elizabeth... Uh, or Hillary like, Swank Hillary was four. Swank, yeah. So I actually didn't hate that one growing up. I kind of watched that one a few I didn't times. Either. But, yeah, um, I didn't either. But I don't necessarily associate that with this. I guess it would. I guess it would be like the Creed version of Rocky. Like, yeah. You know, but um, yeah. So I, funny that you mentioned that you watched those. Um, my nieces are super into Cobra Kai. Okay. And so Christmas coming up here shortly. Um, gonna try to get them something in default. There's a Cobra Kai store that you can go to on the internet that is oh, okay. strictly all officially licensed Cobra Kai. Nice gear, nice. whatever. So that the that'll be from from Uncle Steve for Christmas this year. <laughs> get them Cobra yeah, Kai stuff. They gotta put out just in time. Yeah. So don't let there be Cobra Kai geese because my nieces will be walking <laughs> around with Cobra Kai geese on, ready to whoop some ass. And so I really liked uh, the first one. I mean, it's the classic. I didn't remember the second one at all, but it's when they went to Japan. And then the third one they actually touch on in the series is whenever, you know, uh, Daniel goes and joins uh, Cobra Kai for very briefly. So, yeah, I was glad to go back and watch. And they were, they're all on Showtime right now, the first four. Um, I didn't. I have never watched the the Jaden Smith one yet. So yeah, um, neither have I. I. I have not. You know, the second one is a little slept on, a little underrated. Yeah. The second one is just as good as the as the other two. I was a fan of all three of them growing yeah. up, and and so I'm I'm glad that they still hold up when you go back and watch them today when we're, you know, 36 years old. Um, so to continue on with Cobra Kai, I don't know if you saw this week, one of the co-creators, John Hurwitz tweeted out that the season three is currently in the writing process and they're expecting to begin filming in early 2021. You mean season four? Cause season, oh, season four. Yeah. Season three is getting released January 8th. Yeah. So season four. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, uh, big things coming from Cobra Kai. Uh, excited here that a bright spot in a rather dull 2020, um, <laughs> Which officially jumped the shark for me this week because as a chubby kid and a fat kid, I like food and snacks. And of course. My favorite snack is uh, the Little Debbie Christmas trees. It's what I look forward to every holiday season. I it's literally a classic. I get them as a gift from my children. They know me very well. They, they play on the, on the fat kid vibes that we put out in our household. Um, so they made an announcement this week that they're not going to be released on time. They've been pushed back for whatever reason. I didn't bother looking into it too much because I was heartbroken by the fact that they're pushing them back. So that kind of uh, officially put the exclamation point on 2020 being the worst freaking year ever. And I mean, just 
that to me is like the kickoff of Christmas when the little W Christmas trees come out. Yeah, some so. people go by, you know, uh, you know, first first time seeing lights up. Other people go by, like my wife goes by the countdown to Christmas Hallmark movies that start October twenty third. Like that's Christmas for her. And meanwhile, it's October twenty third. Me, it's whenever I walk into a Giant Eagle or a Walmart or wherever I'm buying groceries from, and I just happen to stumble across. The little Debbie Christmas trees. Yeah. And I go, oh, it's holiday season. After that, the only thing else that I need is to see the Eaton Park commercial. Yes. And, yeah. and then I'm golden. I know it's officially holiday season. Um, so now I'm getting a delay on that. And they, you know, sometime in November, I believe they're going to be released now. Yeah. And let's just hope they, they stay true. Yeah. But there's a Christmas song. I think it's that's Christmas to me. I mean, that those two things definitely sum up Christmas in Pittsburgh. Yep, yep, yep. So other than that, we got a... Cold, crisp, actual fall morning here Yeah. for the first time. I went outside to take the dogs out this morning and could see my breath. And, you know, I was out there in my, my T-shirt and shorts, so the, <laughs> the balls tightened up into the stomach a little bit. Took a little while for them to drop back down because of it being cold. But They're not know, coming back down until till springtime. My wife got them in a jar anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But, uh, no, so it actually feels like fall around here. Got on a hoodie and some 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 sweatpants so it actually feels like fall today which is nice um change of season instead of the constant warm weather that we've been having yeah. I know a lot of people are excited for that so yeah and we talked even last week about the constant change of weather too and it seems i've heard a lot of people this week say you know they're not sure what they have if it's cold if it's allergies yeah you never some people are worried about covid with it that's going to be continuation you know in the coming months yep absolutely absolutely so uh, anything else before we jump into a jam-packed week of stuff to get through? Yeah, we do have a lot of stuff to cover. A um, couple things I just wanted to bring up, too, um, is that I don't know if how many sitcoms you watch on ABC, but uh, sitcoms are actually returning this week. Um, I'm looking forward to the Goldbergs and the Connors. Those come back this, this upcoming Wednesday, the 21st. Don't watch either one of those. Yeah. Um, but I did see on CBS uh, November, FBI is coming back, NCIS Los Angeles yeah. is coming back. So those those ones are, are slated to come back here. I'm super excited, and I hope... I, I haven't heard anything of it yet, but I'm super excited for... The new Law and Order spinoff with Stabler mm-hmm. getting his own show. Um, it's supposed to supposed to start off with him being on the first couple episodes of Law and Order SVU. Okay, um, crossover to kind of crossover, and then it's gonna. That's how it's gonna show that he whatever I think he's doing like uh, organized crime. Okay. Is what he's going to be the head of or be a detective in or whatever the case may be. But it's going to start with him on SVU. So That'll be good. If you're if you're big Law and Order fans, you know Stabler and you know, um, was a was a main factor on the SVU shows for a long time. And when he kind of left, it was it was disappointing for a lot of people that yeah. follow the series. But it very exciting to see him get back and and see what you know Dick Wolf can do with another series i know they had said uh a lot of nbc dramas look to return in november um is that when that one's on track you know or originally yes so i'm hoping that they've stayed on stayed the course um time frame wise so okay you know that that'll be that'll be good to get that back on and going um speaking of sitcoms and that did you see that 
I guess there was a petition going around to have Black Widow's movie directly on the streaming. I did not, no. Yeah. So I guess people were getting a little restless with the delay in movie releases and stuff not coming out. And, yeah. you know, I understand there's a whole business side of things um, that, you know, we're not privy to deals with theaters and everything else. I'm sure there's a lot of minutiae to go through with that stuff. But, uh, yeah, they, they've started a petition to get that released um, on streaming instead of pushing it back to whenever it was going to come out. I, yeah, I think they pushed it back right now till May, I think the last side saw. Um, so I think that's a full year that's going to be pushed back. I did see, though, this week that Disney did announce that a change in their corporate structure and streaming is now their number one priority. Which so, it should be. Their Disney Plus service has gotten a lot of flack. Mm. Um, a lot of people say they're not going to renew whenever they're doing it just because there's really nothing on there that's making them want to stay. Okay. Um, you haven't had a lot of their original content come out. And understandably so, with COVID, you can't really film that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's put a, a huge wrench in, I'm sure, their plans for what they wanted to do with the service after it first launched. You saw a couple movies this year come out. Grand Mulan hasn't re- officially been put on the service, but that'll be on sometime in December. <clears throat> yeah, you have to pay for it. They did put right it now. out. You have to yeah. pay for it. So, And then there was a couple other ones, that cartoons that they had. They added Frozen 2 very quickly after that was out of the theaters. Um, I think it was Onward was the Pixar movie. They added that on pretty quickly. That's a very good movie, by I the way. I didn't watch that yet. If you, so. if you, if you have kids... Um, and even if you don't have kids and you like the Pixar movies because of being good movies in general, yeah. Onward is a good movie. That That's a good one to watch. And I don't know if it's a Pixar movie. Um, I think it is. But there's a new one that's going to be coming on soon. It was supposed to get a theatrical release, but uh, it was called Soul. It's supposed to be like about a musician. I think a blues musician. He dies, you know, kind of what happens to his soul afterwards. So I think that could have... It looks good, so I'm looking forward to that, and jumping on Disney+, Plus, I'll definitely watch it. Speaking of streaming services and other things, um, I don't know if you were a fan of the show Dexter on Showtime. I've never watched one episode of yeah. Dexter just because I didn't have Showtime, Okay, so I have nothing about it. I saw the reaction to them saying that they're coming back for a limited yeah, it's gonna short be, series. Right now, it's supposed um, to start filming being of 2021. They're expecting to release it on TV on Showtime in the fall of 2021 for a uh, limited 10-episode run. Um, since you had never watched it, I, I won't say too much about it. Um, I know a lot of people like that show a whole lot. I love Dexter. The first few seasons, absolutely love the The last season was terrible. The series finale was terrible. So maybe um, this is their redeeming of Yeah, that. they basically said they're not going to... It's not going to be like some shows like where they kind of alter what happened in the finale. They're going to keep it the way it is, and this is going to try to redeem what they did. Okay. Um, so I hope it works out, because that really did leave a sour taste in my mouth for the series, because it was for so long it was so good, and then it just started going downhill. You know, I, I know we're going a little long in the intro here, but just a quick question on that. So which series have you watched where the series finale actually lived up to what you were expecting it to be because i know back in the day Mm. sopranos when that series finale happened people wanted to riot like you know um and unfortunately you know we never got the movie that they were going to plan on doing you know um so like but to you what what shows that was a a very popular show um, actually had a series finale that 
that lived up to the billing of what that show was? Honestly, the first one that jumps to mind, and I have to think about for other ones, but the first one that jumps to mind is Boy Meets World. I really liked the, the series finale of that show. I thought that kind of wrapped everything That's up. That's a left turn I was not like, expecting <laughs> you to go down with. So, I don't even remember the series finale of Boy Meets World. Like, That's whatever... Uh, uh, I, mean, I know my daughter the, watches, she's watched the Girl Meets World. Okay. Um, so Girl Meets World takes place in New York. Right. And that's because in the series finale of Boy Meets World, uh, Topanga got a job in New York. Okay. So that's whenever they moved. Okay. All right. So. All right. Um, For me, I, I know in recent memory, um, I would have to say Sons of Anarchy. Okay. The, the last episode there. Um, I know it may not have been what people wanted, but for what the show was and what the series was and, and that, I believe that did a very good job of tying everything up and, and putting a bow on the, the whole show. And it did wrap it up. Yeah. You know, cause I always thought that the way it kept going was that, okay, we're going to see, you know, more of this show at some point, especially now that seems to be so popular for things that get a second life. You know, I I would like to see Sons of Anarchy continue. I, have, I haven't watched the Mayans yet. Mayans is really good. Um, the the first two seasons was really good. They're they're supposed to be getting a third, even though Kurt Sutter's not going to be involved anymore. Okay. Um, he got fired, and there's a. If you want to look into that, you can look into that. Um, but he he talked about wanting to do a prequel mm-hmm. with the original nine. Yeah. Um, you know, leading up to the beginning of Sons of Anarchy with with Jackson, Clay, and Gemma, and all that. Um, so, who knows if that's gonna get greenlit somewhere and and get going? I think um, it'd be a good movie. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, that to me was a was a series ending episode that yeah. kind of tied everything together. There, so. I kind of feel like growing up, I enjoyed series finales more than I do now because so many of them don't wrap up anymore it seems like they just make it another episode um sometimes they'll wrap it up sometimes they don't um fresh prince was another one fresh prince is a very good one that's a very good one and they just did a reunion uh not too long ago on they had a zoom reunion with everybody from the cast because it's been what 30 years so they yeah so they they're doing one um if i don't know if the zoom one's the one that they're put on HBO Max because HBO Max has the whole series. I believe that's what it was on. Okay. Yeah, and then but then he also had done one on um, Snapchat. I don't know if you saw that. It yeah. was, it, he was just doing something during quarantine, just at home, and they did a mini one on there. Um, but the one that's going to be on HBO Max will actually include the original Aunt Viv too, which okay. is the first time that she'll be involved. In yeah, anything. then this was that. This was that one okay. that, that they did. Yeah, because thirty. I mean, geez, thirty years. I was watching Fresh Prince earlier today, and I was like. <laughs> 1991 it was, or 1990, it was like, holy cow. Yeah. Like, I don't remember it being that long ago. You no, know what it I doesn't mean? feel so, that long ago. All right. Well, I don't have anything else. You got anything else in the Just intro? one last quick thing. Um, I don't know if you saw that the new iPhone 12 came out. It was announced this week. I did um, see that. Not a whole lot of, uh, at least from what I follow and look at, there wasn't a whole lot of buzz necessarily. It, so I have the 11 Pro. It seems like it's just internal upgrade of that. Doesn't seem like it's adding anything too new other than the fact that this is the first Apple 5G phone. So if you want to have the 5G network, you need this phone. You're not, apparently you can't have that. But the thing I thought was weird, it says that the 5G turns off and on. So if you're not in a 5G area, you don't have 5G service. Um, so I thought that's kind of odd. 
Um, but I don't really know how the whole 5G thing's going to work well, it's, yet. So. It's not everywhere. So, like, yeah. it's only certain cities or certain areas. So, that would make sense because you're not, you wouldn't be able to connect. Yeah. So, then what would you, then you would go back to what you have now? I like, guess so. As far as 4G? Yeah. You would just default back to that? So, that's kind of interesting. Um, but really, other than that, I don't think that the, the phone was anything too newsworthy though it really depends on if you need a new phone you know to determine if you need if you want to upgrade to the 12 i guess all right well that's all i got for the intro you good i'm good all right folks uh enjoy the rest of the show all right steve we had a huge week in professional wrestling this week um let's start off with raw uh it was night two of the wwe draft and i you know i felt the first hour was kind of dull um, I actually fell asleep through the opening, but you know I do think that things picked up a little bit as the as the night went on. Um, How do you feel about the maybe the draft overall, or even just raw this week? Uh, a complete letdown. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see who went where, but then you you know you you draft retribution, and it's like. You know, going back to why are you signing somebody that's trying to destroy your company? Yeah. So then you draft them with what your third, your fourth pick or your third pick um, overall on, for that that night. It just it just doesn't make sense at all. I know Lagreca went on a huge rant about it. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, on listening to the Busted Open podcast this week, it was to me, you know. The best thing about Raw was one of the best things that was on SmackDown, and that was Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. Yes. That was the best part of Raw. That will be the best part of Raw. You know, I you ran the thread of Orton and McIntyre wanting to beat each other up through the entire show. Um, you have this women's battle royal to to crown a number one contender for Oscar's belt. Mm-hmm. Oscar's out on commentary. They go to commercial break. Then she's no longer on commentary. Yeah. She's in the back, which Weird. made no sense. And then as the Battle Royals go on, you cut away from the Battle Royal to show Orton and McIntyre fighting in the back. Mm-hmm. So you're taking time away from the women who you put in the main event spot. Some of the women that were on the graphic weren't even in the Battle Royal, i.e. Alexa Bliss. Okay. Um, it just doesn't make sense. And then you have Lana win it, which is like, okay, I guess a kind of shock factor to it, right? Um, and you set that up by her getting taken out through another table. Um, no no, uh, no disdain there towards Miro being in AEW, <laughs> but you continue to put Lana through tables every single yeah. week, right? So she wins it, and it's like, what, Lana's the winner. She's the number one contender. Let's immediately throw McIntyre and Orton yeah. into the ring and have them fight. Lacey Evans couldn't even get out of the camera shot because she was still on the ground after being eliminated, mm-hmm. and them two were fighting. It's just, I didn't like it at all. I, I the lazy booking, you switch titles. You switch titles. Hey, you're on Raw now. You're on SmackDown now. So in order to settle this, we're going to just have you exchange titles. We had talked about this. and Shane you know, Helms, 
shit all over this yeah. idea, called it lazy creative, and that's exactly what it was. It, it, was. it was lazy creative. Yeah, when when we did our draft picks, you know, we did kind of touch on that. That I, you know, we had said that this might be the route that they could go. Um, I was hoping for definitely a more creative uh, thing to happen, you know, because I think it was bound to happen for it. But you know what, what it what felt would you like. Have done? You know what it felt like. It felt like two kids. He, you know, Jimmy has my toy that I wanted to play with, and Billy has <laughs> Billy has my toy that I wanted to play with. Well, Jimmy and Billy, let's. Let's just we're gonna exchange toys so you guys still get toys that you wanna play with. Like it's just ridiculous and just completely like I said, I was watching Monday Night Football, the draft, the show itself, the matches. I, I just didn't didn't care about it. I'm glad I caught the Bray Wyatt Alexa Bliss stuff because I just happened to flip it back on yeah. at that point in time. So um to me in a three hour show going forward right now. That's the only two people that I care about that I'm going to want to tune in for, and I don't even know what if I'm going to watch Raw, honestly. So, so that was Monday. We're film, We're taping this right now on Saturday. We've had a few days to, to think about it. What is there anything that you would have done? You, you wanted it to be done differently for the tag titles, but have, do you think of anything that you would have done differently? Like how would you have handled it? I think I was so turned off by it, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I didn't. I, I gave no thought to it because it was like, well, fuck it. That's what they decided to do. Yeah. I'm not gonna try to come up with anything better. Like you're you're gonna you're gonna make me as a as a viewer of your show. You're gonna make me feel so stupid that oh hey we can just swap we can just hand each other titles and now we're Raw champ and you're a SmackDown champ and um, and it changes their that's history. okay. Yeah. Yeah, in the history books, it's... They're it's, no longer, you know, when New Day left SmackDown to go to Raw, that ended their, their SmackDown tag reign. They now started a new Raw tag reign. Street Profits had only been Raw tag team champions. They're now the first, for the first time, SmackDown tag champions. So it starts a new reign. And nobody beat anybody. And that's... And here's what I maybe thought would have been a good idea. On, on Raw, they should have had two tag matches. You know, whoever they wanted to put them both against... But if they if they each won their respective matches, that's whoever is the tag champ for that those brands. You know, it's not that they vacate the titles. You know, it's just hey, you win the match, you're the SmackDown tag champs. Hey, New Day, if you win this match, you know you're the Raw tag champs. Um, it will at least let them earn the belt. You know, this is why champions shouldn't be drafted. Yes, I didn't think that champions should have been drafted. You know, whenever they did it, it just because they have titles that say Raw and SmackDown in them. Right. You know, I don't think that those should they, be. Yeah, they make them universal tag team champs and the world tag team champs. Mm. Or whatever you want to call it. Like, you have the world heavyweight title and the universal title. Label them that way, so then that way if they do get drafted, they just carry them over. And now those belts will be defended on Raw instead yeah. of on SmackDown. Last year I got it a little bit more because that was the first time that they were going to be on Fox. So they were kind of treating it like Fox and USA wanted their own separate rosters. Which is what they went with again this year. Yeah. So I got last year, you know, for being the first time, you know, okay, let's see which brand gets what's title. But for this year, doing the same thing. I thought this year it should have been, okay, champions stay the same. Everybody else is up for grabs. So you have that on Raw. Do you have anything else you want to touch on in Raw? Because I don't. I Like I said, it was completely, it just... I'm over it. I, I think care. the best thing that came out of Raw, I don't know if you caught it or not, 
Um, the date, burning it in your mind, October 26th, is the day that, I mean, this is huge news. I mean, it was breaking news whenever it was announced. Elias's new album comes out on October 26th. <laughs> I did not catch that. I saw him come back and, you know, he takes out Jeff Hardy and that's long-term storytelling. Yeah. If you want to go with that in quotation marks because Seamus framed Jeff Hardy for being the one that ran over Elias mm-hmm. to take Elias out, which is why Elias has been out, even though he was out dealing with an injury. But the storyline, that's how they went with that and wrote that. So, you know, Elias comes back and immediately takes out Hardy and then gets drafted to Raw right away. So I'm glad to see Elias back. Um, I did not really pick up on the debut <laughs> album, which I believe he's been debuting an album for how many years? No, so he did put one out. So oh, he did put the second out, album, second I think. Album? Okay. Um, I think he, they're calling it Universal Truth, so we'll see what comes out with that. Um Kind of a big thing on Raw. So will R-Truth be featured in any of the songs? Because R-Truth has his own rap. You know, he's 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 one of the the few athletes that have crossed over into the yeah. music world and has done well. And, and he's he's had a lot of success with the last couple singles that he's put out. So will R-Truth, be, will R-Truth be featured on the Elias Truth album? They didn't say, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait till next week and find out. Um. To finish up Raw, um, no real surprise here, but apparently Raw Underground was canceled this week. Yeah, after um, eight weeks. Yeah, they, they're they saying, I guess, uh, they're afraid of a COVID scare. That seemed to be the rumor of reason. Um, so they kind of want to keep talent more separated again. So we'll see if this returns after, but I don't see it really coming back. So, Well, that did nothing for nobody. You got nobody it really up. didn't. All right. Well, that was stupid. Uh, other maybe than that, uh, what's the guy's name? Daba Kato. Daba Kato, who got yeah, drafted. He got Raw. drafted. So. Yeah. Um, you saw him with Strowman there at the end, um, which really wasn't even like that big of a fight like they hyped it up to be. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to last night, Friday night, the mm-hmm. season debut of SmackDown. Horrible opening. Horrible opening. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. You have, you have Stephanie and Hunter in the ring, and then they're running down the people that get drafted to SmackDown mm-hmm. or that are on SmackDown. And it's like, well, we just watched the draft. We know where everybody went yeah. all week. This is how you open. And then then you have this just god-awful fake brawl between all of the superstars. It reminded me of, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, I think it was whenever TNA moved to pop TV. They were in New York City and they did the same thing. It kicked off with this huge like New York City street fight brawl. And that's what it reminded me of. And I was just like, this is awful. But it went nowhere because it was oh, like they, everybody was in the ring kind of brawling before the commercial break. Yeah. And then you come back from the commercial break and it's Jeff Hardy out there getting ready to wrestle Lars Sullivan. And a match that I couldn't have given two shits about. What does he I don't understand with all the drama and all the issues and problems that he's brought that he has in his past and what he's been accused of, why do they continue to push him? So it used to be that in a lot of things in, in the world, when you did something bad, you got repercussions for it. And in WWE, it seems lately that they have this thing that, okay, whatever you do in your personal life is your business. And they just, you're a character on TV and that's all we care about is the character on TV. 
Um, then why go after people with Twitch and, and TikTok and Cameo and everything else if that's their personal life? Like, to me... This, it's this a money-making thing. This, he's done nothing to deserve to be on television. No, absolutely not. Especially with his past the way that it is. Like, and there's no reason to push him the way that they're pushing him. And I know I was following along and... You know, I was following along on Twitter and tweeting along the show, um, you know, from the Dunmark's Twitter account, as as you were too. But a lot of people said the same thing that we're saying now. Like, this guy doesn't deserve to be on television. Yeah. Why are you pushing him? What is it about him, given his past and his lack of tenure, that allows him to get away with all this stuff to still be pushed on the show? I don't think that there... There is any justification for it other than Vince likes big guys. That he just he has that uh, I'll even say sexual fixation towards that. For whatever reason, I just don't get it that Vince just likes big guys, and I don't understand why he does. But I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm over it, just like everybody else is. Yeah. Um, you know. The uh, the rest of the show we had the the farewell match for the new day, um, one of the one of the still doesn't make sense that they broke them up. No, it doesn't. Um, one of the few teams in WWE history that I think deserve to not be broken up. Yeah. Um, obviously we've always seen somebody turn on somebody in some form or fashion, and and go on um, to have singles, singles runs and whatnot. You know, a lot of people were in the, you know, on the Twitter feed last night, like if Big E turns on on Kofi and, and Woods, like this is going to be insane and ridiculous and don't don't have anybody turn. And it's like, they're not going to have anybody turn. They, they told you last week it's their farewell match. No. Like, they, it wouldn't have made sense for... There was yeah, there was no point in doing that. Like, so let them go their separate ways. Biggie's gonna get his well-deserved singles run. Um, Woods and Kofi can go over to Raw, have some fresh matchups, and then when they do have that New Day reunion, that that pop will be pretty monstrous. Yeah, like and I, I said this last week. I'll say it again. I think that this is gonna be much like when the Dudleys split up. That they're gonna test the waters, and but I I see them back together at some point. Yeah, so that was you know their their farewell farewell match was good last night. That truly, they gave you real raw emotion last night for yeah. those three guys. Um, it was really hard for them to to go their separate ways. If you listen to their podcast at all, you know that their backstory and what they went through just to they get the new day off the ground and the ball rolling and their vision of it, which is what we've gotten over the last five, six years compared to what they were supposed to be. So mm-hmm. kudos to them for making the most of it. Um, you know, really happy for them for all their success and hopefully they, they continue on down those roads and, and get back together here in the future. And like and you just brought up their podcast, I think with that actually being something new, it hasn't been on long. Um, I mean, they're not really going anywhere. You know, they're, I'm sure they're going to continue that, the three of them. And you know, there'll be yeah, some still go. And as we saw, on, you know, the WWE announced this week, they're they're starting to load up, I guess it would be their own podcast world mm-hmm. um, on the network. You saw Sam Roberts announce a show. 
Um, there was another, uh, there was another group that they got a show and uh, forgive me cause I forget. Um, oh, Swerve, Isaiah Swerve Scott and his oh, podcast Swerve City. Didn't hear they, about that one. They got a show. Okay. Um, I'm sure the new day will move over to there. Alexa Bliss is already on there. Alexa Bliss is on there. Stone Cold's already on there. Corey Graves is probably going to get moved over. Mm-hmm. So they're they're following the path and in getting into the podcast business officially yeah. with these shows. So we'll see what comes about with that. But um, other than that, on the show, the only other thing that I liked from SmackDown last night was the ending of the main event. The match itself. I could have done without okay. because I think it should have been done differently. Yeah. Given the run that Roman's been on and where Braun Strowman has been at recently. I think Roman, like I think Braun got way too much in last night. I think, you know, since he's been champion, I think they were trying to protect him a little bit in that match, but it went longer than I expected it to. Like, I figured it was going to be even quicker than what it was. Um, but I agree. I think the ending with Jay was the best part of that match. Um, yeah, they, they continue. Like, like Jay gave an interview, and he said, you know, you could you could take any of the top stars you want, whether it's Seth, whether it's Daniel Bryan, whether it's Bray Wyatt. You can put any of them in with Roman, and you're not going to have the storytelling that you have with what they got going on right now. And I, and I said before, you know, Leading up to Clash of Champions, I didn't have a problem with the storytelling between the two of them. And they are doing, again, a great job at building up to this match at Hell in a Cell. Even more so now, because they have even more time, and you factor in the the original stuff too, that this Hell in a Cell match really does have potential to be a great match if they do it right. Absolutely. Um, I'm still not a fan of the I Quit stipulation inside the Hell in a Cell, um, but I'm not sure it's going to take away from anything either. No, and I think maybe next week on SmackDown we'll get to figure out what the the consequences are of the I Quit match because okay. that's the other piece of the stipulation that's not known yet. So yeah. I think when that becomes clear, then it'll make the stipulation make more sense as to why you're having it inside Hell in a Cell. Mm. But, well, kudos to both of them last night, man. Yeah. Like, they, they've got me hook, line, and sinker buying in on this, and it's because it's real. Yes. There's not, you know, Bully Ray says all the time, wrestling is better when it's real. And them two are bringing real feelings, real emotions, real events, real drama, real problems. Like, that is all wrapped up into that storyline. Yeah. And I am all here for it. You know, the the verbiage between the two last night was great. You know, Roman saying, I love you, but if I do this to him, what do you think I'm going to do to you? Yeah. And then Jay coming back, you know, I love you too as he's beating the, beating the <laughs> ever-loving hell out of Roman with that I thought chip. that was the best part of it. Like, as he's hitting him with a chair, I love you. <laughs> it's like, that. it just added, it, I mean, it was funny. But I wasn't necessarily laughing like as I saw it because I just thought it was good. It was well done. And then um, it, it tied it up in a bow with before Roman walks out the ring, he looks at him and he goes, "What? Well, that was your last chance. Yeah. So I think yeah, I'll continue on next week, see where that goes. Um, my actual favorite part of SmackDown wasn't that part, even though I enjoyed the ending. Um, 
I absolutely love the Bianca Belair video. For oh, the catch. I, yeah, I, I I forgot my mm. my new favorite crush. <laughs> um, I, I thought whoever did that, kudos to them because I thought that was well done. That you know, WWE's always done great video packages for people. That's probably one of the best I've seen them do in a long time. Yeah, I wonder. I, I would like to know who did that. Um, I know Jeremy Borash does a lot with NXT. I don't know if he does anything with the main roster, but it wouldn't surprise me at, at all if he was one of the individuals behind that yeah. video package because of just how great he is with, with doing that and those types of pieces. But that blew anything Blue, by far, blew what they were doing for her on Raw completely yeah. out of the water. Because right. really on Raw, she was just more, you know, the third member of Street Profits because of who she's married to. And yeah, no, she's. I'm all here for. I'm all here for the yeah. EST. And I and I said, uh, give me her as a heel, Bianca as a heel, Sasha as a babyface, and let them two just go at it. Because to me, that'll be one of the best matches that we've seen. Uh, Corey sold it a little bit after the video package here, and he said that his prediction is that by this time next year, she will be a woman's champion. Absolutely. And, she yeah. has it written all over her. Absolutely. I'd be surprised if she didn't win the title within a year. Yeah. Given how that roster shaped up, and that roster is top-heavy, mm-hmm. but I think Bianca can fill in and fit in rather nicely with Sasha Bailey and that the upper echelon of that women's roster on SmackDown. Yeah, we'll see where we'll see where things move with Bailey and Sasha, especially after Hell in a Cell, um, and then see what happens with the Rumble and WrestleMania next year. But I could easily see uh, Bianca being pushed towards SummerSlam. Did that contract signing do anything for you last night? It didn't. I, to me, it kind of put like a it put a halt to all the momentum that they had. It. I mean, it. I didn't think it took away, but it just didn't add anything for me. Um, I'm still mad that they're rushing and doing it now, but hey, it is what it is. We gotta live with it. Um, be interested to see if Sasha actually wins in Hell in a Cell. It doesn't make. I mean, so what if she doesn't win? Where the does only she thing, go? We what, what do they do with her? And I think the only thing they can do with her is have her win the Rumble. But then, is she built up enough? I would. Okay, so. I think in order to build Sasha up, if she doesn't win this match, and I think it would be a shame if she doesn't, especially for all the build-up that's had this, this past year, um, Sasha has to go bye-bye after Hell in a Cell, till the, at least until the Rumble. You know, and if they decide to have her win the Rumble and then go into WrestleMania, but she has to go away to kind of be like, I need to rework myself, I need to find myself and make myself stronger. I can't, you know, and kind of like think... Let Bailey think that she's defeated her. But this is why I said three three episodes ago, whenever Bailey first took Sasha out, that Sasha should not be seen or heard from yeah. until the rumble. Then you eliminate all this mm-hmm. all this what do we do then? What do we do now? Conversations. It's done. You don't have it. it the storyline is built. Sasha was taken out. She hasn't been seen in months. What's she going to be like when she comes back? Is she going to come back? Nobody knows. We haven't heard from her. And then you get that countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Boss music hits. She comes out. 
done. It's a done yeah. deal. It it writes itself. It does. She wins the Rumble, goes on the Mania, standing tall, pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Most likely, this the way it seems right now is that they're gonna get some. All of Florida is getting fans back in, you know, for football and, and other sporting events. So it wouldn't surprise me that if instant do something outdoors for the Rumble in January. Um, so you know, I, I think. That would have a great crowd reaction. But now you don't have that because you decided to rush it and push no. it in and, and make it fit into Hell in a Cell. Yeah. It it wasn't needed. It no, wasn't needed. It wasn't. You could have went you could have went other ways with Bailey to to have a match and it didn't have to be inside of a cell. You're doing it inside of a cell just because the pay per view is hell in a cell. Yeah. So you're forcing feuds to be inside of a cell, which you don't need that with every single match. It, mm. it takes away from the cell. The I cell agree. growing up was the cell because it was the it's ultimate blood blow-off feud. Yeah. You know, it wasn't War Games. Like, War Games was the ultimate blow-off feud, and then that was that. But the cell for, like, our generation growing up, the cell was... That type of match. The feud escalated to the point where... It had to, to be in a cell. Yeah. Taker and Sean, the first one, had to be in a cell. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you go down through the list of them, those were matches that had to be in a cell. Now you turn it into a regular yearly pay-per-view, mm-hmm. so you're forcing matches into a cell, just like you force tables, ladders, and chairs matches. Yeah. I hate the theme pay-per-views. Um, it, was, it was cute. At first, you know, to do something different, but to have the longevity that they have with it, and now it's just it's run its course. Um, I agree. I think it takes away from the type of match it is just to throw it on there because it doesn't escalate the feud. It just it's saying, okay, this month we're gonna have a Hell in a Cell match, and then so next month Survivor Series, we'll see what they do with that. But then in December it's TLC time, so say Jay and Roman are still feuding at that point, just like, okay, we're having a tables match now, just because that's the month it is. Right. And so. Yeah, I don't like it either. All right, well, moving on from WWE, let's tackle what was the one-year anniversary show of AEW Dynamite. Okay. So one year, not the year that they envisioned when they started, Absolutely but not. glad that they finished a year of, um, doesn't look like they're going anywhere by ratings. And, you know, we saw early on TNT extended them for four years. So what do you think of the anniversary show? Likes, dislikes, um, anything stick out to you, so on and so forth? Um, you know, one of the things that I was actually surprised, and I'm going to nitpick here for a second, is for being the anniversary show, and they did a lot of social media hype for it, um, you know, people talking about favorite moments or whatever. Um, I was really surprised that the show didn't kick off with even like a 30 second video package or something just to, it was like maybe some highlights. Like here we are, this is our anniversary show. It just, it kind of went in as like a normal episode of Dynamite and just kicked off with, you know, uh, best friends versus FTR. And I, I don't know that it, that just kind of surprised me. Like it, for well, them can, hyping it up as a big see, event feel. I can see where I can see where you're going with that. Um, you know, I think one of the things that they've done over their first year is they've they've come up with different ways to kick off a show. Yeah, it's not just trot your champion out there, the number one contender mm-hmm. out there, and give a 15 minute promo segment like. Oh, Cody like said Rose early on, you know that 
Kevin Dunn had this formula for all these years, you know, what a show should be formatted as. He goes, we're trying to get away from that. Right. No, they, yeah, they, so they've done, they've done creative ways yeah. and, and interesting things to open the shows. Um, I don't, I don't mind that. I, now that you bring it up, I, you know, I would have liked to have seen that kind of tie into it, like you said, um, for sure. But, you know, I think with them starting off with the tag team match and the match that it was, that set the bar for the night. Yeah. You know, Bully Ray and other wrestlers have said it before. If you're not the main event, you want to be first on the card. Mm. And AW has solidified that being first on the card is a big thing. First on the card is just as important as that main event slot. And you saw that with FTR and Best Friends. Best Friends has elevated themselves after the street fight and the work yeah. that they've done. That, to me, they're they're not championship level tag team yet. No, they're not. But they're not just a comedy act either. Like, I can, I can handle and I can legitimately believe in them being a number one contender now. Yeah. And they went out there and they they performed. Like they had a hell of a match. It was a great opening match. It really set the tone for the night as far as what we were gonna see in in ring work. Um wise goes. I know we can get into some of the specifics with other matches later on, but I was I was happy with it and you know, as we saw later on in the night, um with the the lottery for the number one contender for the tag team draw mm-hmm. that we had. Um, it looks like we're going to go Young Bucks and FTR at full gear. Yeah. Um, I like best friends. I like Trent. I, I think he's talented. I've never been sold on Chuck, and Chuck actually didn't impress me in this match. He was I the tweet, only one. I tweeted out, Chuck is a is a sneaky, good athlete. Like, he's one of the guys where, like, if you're at the YMCA and you're okay. playing basketball, and, like, you see him and you're like... <laughs> I guess I'll take him, okay. you know, in the pickup game. Like, yeah, well, come on, dude. We need five. Let's go. And then he gets out on the court, and he's hitting threes, or he's driving to the lane and finishing with both hands. Like, to me, he's a sneaky athlete okay. that not looking at him, you wouldn't go. You could do the things you can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, there was – I've never really been sold on him. This match didn't sell me anymore because out of – if anybody ha- – there was any – Parts of this match that didn't work, I kind of felt it was when Chuck was in the ring. Um, there was a couple miscues on his part, I thought. Um, and that's fine. It's live TV. Missteps are going to happen. Um, it just, for me, just for him, you know, that I think that's what holds me back on Best Friends is just Chuck. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, at Full Gear, I think we are going to get the Young Bucks and FTR. I think that's another feud that is just, give, that they're giving us way too soon. Um the Young Bucks have definitely turned heel right now, and, you know, they're they're definitely in position, you know, to have that anger. They're not and, even, like... I know this is the Young Bucks of the Young Bucks, and this is what they were doing in New Japan and everything mm-hmm. else and all that. But to me, like, it comes across kind of being, like, they're just douchey pricks. Like That's what they've always been. But, I mean, like, not in, like, a... It's just not a way that I'm like, eh, okay. You're not sold on the, the heel uh, turn. Yeah, like it doesn't, it just doesn't come across well to me. You know, like, if, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't, 
doesn't do anything for me from them. So now that right like next week it'll probably be more official. Um, so we'll see where it goes. Um, the segment I thought of of the night was Britt's backstage segment with Tony. Tony Schiavone was the star of the show. <laughs> yeah. Star of the show. I tweeted out the 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 meme, the forty year old virgin. Oh, yes. Kelly Clarkson <laughs> with the chest wax. Like it's exactly what that was. Schiavone shirtless on dynamite in twenty twenty is a sentence <laughs> I never thought I would say. And he's been amazing since he's been back. Uh, the amazing. Stuff with, the stuff with him and Britt, you know, especially while she was injured. You know, I don't know. It was a fluke that happened, for sure. You know, that their chemistry just shown, shown through. But, you know, there's some things that you just can't prepare for, and that's one of them. You know, no one... No one if you would have started at the beginning of Dynamite and said, um, the best part of Dynamite's going to be Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone every week. And I would have been like, you're crazy. You know, but it works. For whatever reason, it works. Uh, I'm not sold on... Britt being an in-ring competitor yet. You know, I like her. I don't love her in the ring. Like, sh- to me, she's not ready for the Women's Championship in, like in her in-ring work. Her backstage work and her mic work has greatly approved since day one of Donna. I'll even say since All In, you know, because I'll count that as being her start with this company. And I didn't expect that. Pleasantly surprised. She is going to be a future Women's Champion one day, whenever that time comes. Who knows? But it's all going to be because of all this extra work that she's been given while she was injured, and and it's it's helped her out, I think. So since you brought up Gert Baker, let's get into the women's title match. Okay. Sheeta and Swole. Um, this match was probably the one match of the show that glared the most as far as what you would call botches or mishaps mm-hmm. or whatever. However... To me, a real fight is sloppy. It's yeah. not going to be perfect. It's not going to be crisp, clean, one into the other. So, you know, we've said it before, and commentary has said it again, and even during this match, you know, you're outside in Jacksonville, humidity, whatever. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, I thought that when they had mishaps, they immediately went into something else. Mm. that not necessarily covered it up, but got your mind off of what you just saw. It made it flow. Right. So, like, Swole tried the the turnbuckle powerbomb, came over the back of Sheeta, slipped and fell down, didn't catch Sheeta and bring her down with her. So mm. what'd she do? She got up immediately, pushed her over the top rope, and then gave her that cutter on the ramp. Mm. So, like, yes, she missed the spot, but... I'm not standing there thinking she missed a spot. I'm thinking, oh, shit, she just hit a cutter on a ramp. Yeah. Like, okay, you know what I mean? So, like, Sheeta tried to nip up and wasn't able to get up. And, like, was like, well, you know, she's exhausted. It's been physical. Like, they get up and they start hammering each other again. So, like, to me, those things, like, they're going to happen. Everything's not going to be perfect. Yeah. It's a fight. It's not supposed to be just come off as crisp, clean, and, and fully choreographed. So... I think they they had a good match. Swole's not there yet. I agree. Um, you know, I know there was chatter, and Doctor Baker tweeted out, you know, women with AEW, um, you know, I guess not getting the time they needed on shows because of poor ratings or whatever. Um, my thing with that is is 
although AEW has gotten away from the formulaic open of shows, their shows, if you look back consistently, at least over the course of the last several months, when do the women always go on? They go on in a segment right before the main event. Mm-hmm. So depending on the main event, they're only getting four minutes, five minutes here. Like, put them in different spots on the card yeah, to let them shine more. Like, I know you don't have your full roster there, and that causes issues and everything else, but don't continuously put them in the same segment every single week. Yeah. It's been nice that, you know, with COVID, it's allowed more women to kind of get a different spotlight in there. And I agree. I, I And I already said that I agree that I don't think Big Swole's there yet. Um, and I definitely didn't feel like this match did anything for her, unfortunately. Um, I didn't feel differently about her, maybe other than the fact that, yeah, she isn't there yet. Um, but it was just nice to see a different competitor go for the title. You know, they they were using Thunder Rosa for a few weeks. I don't know if she's coming back or if she's done now. Um, but, you know, it was just nice to see someone different in there. They need to pick their four or five, what they view as their top-tier competitors in the women's division and just let them four or five rotate and build that division up. Yeah. So whether you have Sheeta, you have Baker, you have... Nyla Rose, that's three right there, right? Mm. Then let's go. I know she just signed, but you got Eva Lise mm-hmm. and who else? Whoever. Pick a fifth. So Diamante. Right? Diamante, you know, whoever. Riho, when she comes back, whoever it is. But you got to focus on that and build that up. And let them get their. Get their. Get the, established. The get, you know, make that division worthwhile and then you can start sprinkling in these others that you have because I, I do feel like they have talent a lot of their talent is super young and super green yeah so let them have time to develop more like your Anna Jays mm-hmm. um you know that that group Chris of Statlander people, when she comes back Statlander when she comes back you know Ty Conti sign mm-hmm. is super young but like let them develop but pick your four or five that you're going to run with and and be your foundation for your division and just build them and have that raise the division itself. Yeah, I mean, sometimes whenever you get in the ring with somebody, the chemistry is natural. You know, you don't have to you don't have to work hard at it, it just happens. Unfortunately, it's not like that with everybody. So sometimes you do have to work at that chemistry in the ring. You have to learn how this person works, how that person works. And the more these girls fight, you know, together each week, that chemistry will get there and you'll get better matches out of it. All right. So moving along, we have, I think, Cody and Orange Cassidy for the TNT battle. I didn't hate the the match. You know, a lot of, I guess, mixed emotions. Um, Bully Ray said on Busted Open, you know, the reason why he didn't buy into it is because of some of the things that they did during the match. So Cody is a legitimate wrestler, mm. right? Legitimate legitimate from the standpoint of he was a hell of a amateur wrestler. Yeah. State Georgia State champion in high school could really go on the mat itself. Um if Cody as a legitimate wrestler has you in a waist lock, you're not gonna get out of that waist lock by picking your arms up and sliding them in his arms and putting them in your pockets and then ducking out of it. That spot works with 
Jericho, like Bully says. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't work with Cody. So I think parts of it didn't really necessarily work. Um, I liked the match itself, watching it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't feel, you know, let down by it at all. Um, the time limit draw was smart. It they was have, the same. It was the same thing that they did whenever Darby fought Cody the first time. And a year in, I don't feel like they've abused the time limit draw. You know, it's not like, oh, here we go, another time limit draw. I thought that they used it a handful of times when they need to. And yep, no, it was it was good. It 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 was effective. It was good. Um, I really don't have much to say about that. They they'll have the rematch in two weeks. Mm. Um, if you look at ratings wise, that match itself. Drew in over a hundred thousand people, um, so Orange definitely moves the needle as far as the public goes. Um, you can't I think say nine hundred thousand. Yeah, but yeah. so they 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 finished the night at like eight fifty six. Yeah, but that match bumped them up. It did. Oh, you know, over a hundred hundred thousand people tuned in yeah. at that point in time for that segment. And Cody even tweeted out at some points it was up over a million. Okay, so Orange is definitely. A public favorite. He's yeah. definitely getting eyes drawn in. So, for all the cornets out there and everybody else that shits all over him and his style, the man is over. No. He's getting eyes on the product. You can't can't say anything bad about him. As much as I enjoy someone that's more technical, like I, that's just the style that I enjoy in wrestling. I can appreciate someone like an Orange Cassidy throughout, just to break up, you know, be something different. It's like Baskin Robbins, baby. We got thirty-one flavors exactly. of ice cream. You can't have everything be the same on the show. Yeah, because then it's just vanilla. Yeah, and you eat vanilla every time. You're gonna get tired of vanilla. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that was good. Um, Moxley and Archer was what it was. I kind of feel. Yeah, I I agree with Bully Ray's breakdown of this match. Um, a couple spots mm-hmm. weren't necessary. Yeah, like the table spot. Wasn't necessary. No. Didn't do anything. It was just a spot for a spot. If anything, save the tables for after the match. Because it ended up being a no DQ match, right? It was a no DQ yeah. match. And yeah. that, but that wasn't advertised leading up to changed, it. So. Changed on the show based yeah. on what them two were doing backstage. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel the stipulation was needed because that's just the way those two guys are. Um, but yeah, if I would have paid for that match on, say, for full gear, I think I would have been disappointed. With it um, doesn't mean they won't have given a better match because it's pay per view. But um, are you good with with with? So you, it's funny you bring that up. Are you okay if you have to pay for an Eddie Kingston John Moxley match at Full Gear? No. Why? I've seen it. I, you know, I I didn't hate them, but it didn't do anything for me. It seems so like go it is kind go of. go back and watch their feud in CZW. And then tell me whether or not you won't be you won't want to pay for John Moxley Eddie Kingston. You know you know me by now. There's not one John Moxley match I want to pay for. <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. You're a Moxley hater. He do, I don't hate him like on AEW. You know, like because honestly, I don't think that they really, especially lately, they gave him a lot of time. Um, you know, he doesn't. I really expected him to be on the mic every week and just, you know, be in my face every week. And he isn't that type of person. You know, especially when the title match comes, he's not getting this elaborate entrance. He does the same shield entrance, comes from the crowd, you know, goes right into the ring, starts to starts to brawl right away. 
how, how great is it that Eddie Kingston, who's been wrestling for 18 years, on a whim comes out during the open challenge, gets signed, and is now mm-hmm. in the main event? Is that definitely official? It's going to be. Okay. At least I think that's what it's going to be. Okay. Um, and it's going to be probably like a... A, a, like a I quit or something along those lines because Kingston never tapped out. He choked out Moxley. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, he was great on commentary, you know, tell, telling JR, don't you get loud with me, JR. I'll come over and smack <laughs> you. Or Excalibur, what move is that, Excalibur? You know, like, but he made a good point. And this is, if you don't listen, if you're just watching the work and not listening to the, commentary mm-hmm. Kingston made a great point Excalibur was like well are you okay with with Penta and Penta and Phoenix fighting each other in the first round for the number one contenders match and Kingston said hell yeah I'm okay with it he goes they're gonna go out there they're gonna have the best match of the tournament but what's the end goal to be a champion you get in this business to be a champion whether it's Ray whether it's Penta myself Butcher Blade we all want gold. One of us is going to get the strap. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. So, hey, I'm fine with that. It doesn't matter to me which one of those five get a title as being their group. Like, they're all in it. They all know this is what we're in the business to yeah. achieve. So, let Eddie get his run. I like Eddie Kingston a lot. I've liked him in Impact whenever he did his bit with LAX and Conan. You know, I really liked him in the NWA. Him and... I know before NWA shut down, him and the Pope, the Angelo De Niro, they were getting ready to have a feud that okay. really worked for me because both of them are really good on a stick. Yes. Um, so I'm that's one thing. Eddie can talk you into the match. Uh, yeah, he's great on the mic. I thought his commentary it's a work was great. It, he can it's talk, very true. He can talk you into the building. So once you're in the building, then it's whatever. You know what I mean? But He's going to talk you into the building and he's going to have you ready to at least sit down and watch whatever match he's in. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm, I'm completely sold on the idea of him main eventing, but, you know, I, I agree. There, I, There's nothing I can take away from him on the mic. But if you're saving Moxley and Omega, because the finals, we saw the, yeah. fi- the finals for the number one contender tournament is going to happen at full gear, yeah. right? So if you're going which we both think it's going to be Heyman and Omega. Mm-hmm. And then Omega's going to win that. So if you're going for Omega v. Moxley, and Oxley just beat Archer, in the meantime, for a pay-per-view, who else are you going to have Moxley face? That's true. I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot. And that's kind of... We had said this about Impact a couple weeks ago. Impact had a paper, had a Impact Plus pay-per-view, you know, Victory Road, in October. With Bound for Glory coming up in October. And it's just like, I don't like events that close to one another. That's kind of how I felt. Like, I get why they did the anniversary show when they did it, because it's just how it, it fell. Um, but that's the downside. You, ha- you have this big event. You actually had a couple big events, you know, with them doing a 30th anniversary for Jericho, kind of hyping that up as a big event. Then the anniversary, and then a few weeks later, you're going into a pay-per-view. Um, so now we finished the anniversary show and we only have what, two weeks to build up a pay-per-view, two, three weeks. Yeah, and I think so. So it's not a lot of time to build up a pay-per-view, um, which is a reason why this tournament's good. 
you know, get some stuff done, and, and it can drag it out because you know you don't need to have the tournament build up until the, the last two guys are, are crowned. Um, but yeah, it's like where where is everybody else? So you're already giving Orange Cassidy and Cody rematch on on Dynamite in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So you're not even saving that for full gear. Um, it's like it's they're. Right now, there's no reason to buy the pay-per-view. Right now. And there's not a lot of time for it. Well, we don't even have anything announced for the pay-per-view yet. We just know the date. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was... I I think for anniversary show, it was good. I thought one thing that kind of fell a little bit flat for me was Jericho and MJF. I kind of knew what the Mm -hmm. announcement was going to be going into it. I figured MJF would want to say that he wants to join the inner circle. No. I like the stuff with Sammy, I, I, you know, giving him a 6XL jacket, you know. <laughs> we said this before, the route was going to be MJF trying to push Sammy out. Mm. Sammy going to be the one to, to fight for a spot. spot, whatever. So I'm okay with that. Um, we'll see what happens at the, the dinner debonair for the steak dinner this <laughs> yeah. week on Dynamite. And, um, it should be an entertaining segment, if nothing else. Um, the one thing that caught my eye at the end of that that I'm all here for is uh, Hager and Wardlow staring each other down. Okay. Let let them two big bastards get in the <laughs> ring and just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, and that that could be thrown on the pay per view just to to do it. Um, you know, is the pay? It seems like they're going down the route of Jericho versus MJF at at full gear. I kind of hope they even hold off on that, maybe till retribution or revolution. Revolution. See, they're in my my head. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'd I'd really like to see them kind of hold off on that. Maybe, maybe do MJF and Sammy, you know, at at full gear instead. Um, Moving on to NXT this week. Um, I don't really think there was a lot there. Unfortunately, it was it was more hype. Going into Halloween Havoc, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, um, nothing against any anything or anybody on that on the show on Wednesday night, but I, I did not watch it. I, you know, I read recaps and followed up, um, but I think they're they're kind of stacking the the deck for them for for Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Um, we'll see numbers wise. They got crushed this week they again. Yeah. Um, in 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 all demos overall ratings like. I don't know. We'll we'll see. So, Halloween Havoc. We'll see if that bumps ratings up. But in two weeks, you have Halloween Havoc, but you also have Cody and Orange rematch. Yeah. So, so it sounds like they're probably going to try to build that show up. Um, so right now, you know, they advertise for Halloween Havoc. Uh, Rhea Ripley is going to finally face off against Raquel Gonzalez. Um, so you know, your two beasts of women in NXT. Um, I'm sure that's going to get a stipulation. They just didn't announce one yet. Because um, I don't see that just being a one-on-one match. Um, they did announce this week that for Halloween Havoc, they're bringing back Spin the Wheel, Make a Deal. Um, I like that because that was an old Halloween Havoc uh, theme. So that's going to be in two matches. for The women's title match, EO versus Candice. And then the North American title match of Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. 
I don't like the LED spin the wheel though. Give me the old the old <laughs> yeah. uh, the old school chuck luck wheel that you would play exactly. at your at your church fair in the summertime. Bring that out on stage and actually spin the wheel. And then you know, don't give me this fake LED spin <laughs> bullshit that they have. And give the make the match the coal miners glove match. <laughs> You know, for whatever reason, that was the the original spin the wheel make a deal match. But um, yeah, I mean, hey, it's wrestling. You knew it was fixed going in anyway, so this is their easiest way to fix it. So, <laughs> but that was it really for NXT. I thought. Right. Um, uh, Primetime Live United Wrestling Network. They announced this week uh, that they're going to crown their first world champion. Um, I thought that was pretty exciting. Um, unfortunately, I actually expected the NWA title to be the governing title down there. Um, you know, since it was a partnership between the two. Um, I knew they weren't, they used to be part of the NWA, and then that broke up. But uh, this week we're supposed to find out who the eight men are in that tournament. So, you know, more on that next week probably, you know, as we see who enters that tournament. Um, beautiful belt, I thought. Yeah, really, really nice. Really done well. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they, it'll be interesting to see when this is over with, with these primetime lives and that where they go mm. and if they keep viewers you know I, I thought going into it the nwa was the the draw yeah um so we'll see what happens if they're going to collab moving forward if they're going to go separate whatever the case may be so yeah i mean they when they announced it it was supposed to be the show was supposed to be a partnership between united wrestling network and the nwa um you know we haven't We've seen some other stuff with the NWA on there since then, especially like Thunder Rosa, and I think they even did something with um, United States Championship. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised it's not more involved. And but and, but we even said last week or the week before that you know NWA is trying to move forward with bringing power back, so maybe that's the reason why. And just have to wait to see. That seems like a great place to pause bell to bell this week. Steve and I had a lot more to discuss. But do not worry, we will not leave everything else on the cutting room floor. Stay tuned this week as we release a special bonus edition of Bell to Bell, where we cover everything else in the world of professional wrestling. Chug, 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 chug. This week, Drink of the Week segment is brought to you by... Uh, I don't remember because I blacked out last night. <laughs> Damn. That kind of night, huh? That kind of night, boy. <laughs> this week, drink of the week, we're bringing to you Platform Beer Company's Candied Pecan Yammy. Candied Pecan Yammy. Let's see here. It's a nutty, caramelized, fall-spiced beer. It's an ale with sweet potatoes and natural flavors. The can is... It's a beautiful-looking can. Yeah. I tell you what. like Very basic, you know, very modern. Very basic, yep. It's uh, 7.9% alcohol. I do like on the side of the can here, they have, you know, grains, two rows, caramel, Munich. Yeah, they break down, you know, flake barley, hops, yeast, American ale, adjuncts, pecan, brown sugar, spice blend, and sweet potato. Yeah, I mean, you don't usually get that type of breakdown. No, not at all. So let's see if we can, uh, that's a ton of grains and, and hops and malts. Um, so I'm very interested to try this beer here. So, I mean, they, they gave it to you the name, the Candy Pecan Yammy. So, Absolutely. I mean, that, right there, those are two things that we're really looking for in the taste. All right, so let's uh, pick these cans up here and give a little taste and see what we think. To borrow a 
Guy Fieri reference, even though we're doing beer instead of food. That's a trip to Flavortown, boy. <laughs> There's a lot of flavor packed into this beer. A lot of different flavor packed into this beer. I'm definitely getting the fall spices. I can't say I'm really picking up on anything with the pecan, the candied pecan. Um, I kind of expected that to be to be a little bit sweeter of a beer because of that. I'm getting a little bit of the sweet potato in there, but I mean, for the most part, um, I think it's... I think the, the sweet potato, spice. sweet potato, brown sugar, like that's normally what you'll, like mm-hmm. if you're eating a sweet potato, you know, you'll put your butter and your brown sugar on it. Yeah. You know, and that to, to fatten it up um, instead of just eating it to be healthy sweet potato. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we like to do around here, fatten yeah. things up. I, I, I like this. First time I've ever had anything from Platform, and you said that they are a Budweiser, Anheuser, Anheuser, It's a division Budweiser. of Anheuser-Busch. Um, okay. based, this is based out of Cleveland. Um, well, it should be a shitty beer if it's called in <laughs> Cleveland. So this is not a mistake by the lake type of thing, though. Um, you know, how typical things are from Cleveland. I, I like it. I, it's definitely a fall. It's a fall beer for sure, 100%. It's definitely a typical fall beer with the, with the spice palette in there. Um, I think I'm diff- this might be the first beer that we're going to disagree on. I, I don't think that... I'm not picking up on anything... The name is Candied Pecan Yammy, so I'm expecting to taste the pecan and taste the sweet potato. I kind of feel like I'm just tasting the spices. I'm not loving the aftertaste. It's kind of like lingering on the palate a little bit for me. You think because you're drinking it out of a can? Yeah, I don't even think that's part of it. All right. Well, since you're starting to be a Debbie Downer over there, <laughs> um, on a sumo scale, one to five, what are you gonna what are you gonna rate the platform Candy Pecan Yammy? Yammy. <laughs> uh, I think the Yammy's gonna get a twoie. Uh, okay, two. All right, I, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll go a three, three point two five. Okay. Um, solid fall beer for me. Uh, nothing that I would put in like a top five, but no, I would. If this, it, you know, if I'm outside doing yard work in the fall, uh, raking up leaves, I would. I would definitely drink this while while I'm doing that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna take anything away from it that doesn't taste like a fall beer. It's just I think I've had I've had better. All right, all right. So we have a two e for the yammy from Chris. I'll go three point two five for me on the sumo scale. And as always with drink of the week, we ask you that you pick up your cans, your bottles, your glasses, your shots, whatever you're drinking with us this week, and hold them up. As we go to good ships and wood ships and ships that sail the seas. But the best ships are friendships and friends will always be. Salute. Cheers. All right, folks. This week in sports is another jam-packed week of professional sports from around the globe and around various sports itself. Um you know, we saw the NBA Finals come to a conclusion there with the bubble. The Los Angeles Lakers beat the Miami Heat to win their 17th championship, tying them with the Boston Celtics for most all-time. So LeBron gets his ring in L.A. The uh, the win for Kobe mission was completed. And, you know, um, let the LeBron hate begin. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's all it was after this week, you know. It, it's amazing to me that it's it's still talked about as much as it is. Um, Whenever you're that good at something, you know, there's people love to hate on it. Listen, they're the the Lakers. They were the only team in NBA history, right? They've finished the season fifty-seven and zero when leading going into the fourth quarter. 
Okay. They didn't lose one game when leading in the fourth quarter. Um, in a game that in in the NBA where games are filled with runs and you can see a team being up by 18, 20 points and have that turn around a couple minutes later and yeah. they're down by five to go the entire season and not blow a lead when going when entering the fourth quarter it's impressive. Is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's so a great stat. Um, you know, I'm happy for LeBron. Um I don't think he's done by any means. No. He he already tweeted out uh or on his Insta story on Instagram put a caption with him watching the Last Dance documentary and he goes uh season's over but the homework continues. Okay. Something along those lines. So he's he's already getting ready to prep for next season. Um it'll be interesting to see what the team looks like. Um don't know any of the details with NBA draft or free agency and all that stuff. So that'll that'll come or when they're even going to restart. But kudos to them for pulling it off in a bubble. You know, they they had a plan, they attacked it, they set it up. I'm sure for the players and coaches being, especially for the Heat and the Lakers, being in one place for over 100 days, locked down as they were, is not easy. Um, so the mental aspect of winning this championship was more difficult than any other that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, kudos to them. Hats off. Um, great, you know, good win. I'm happy for LeBron. He gets another one. Um We'll see where where things go from here with the NBA. And then uh, moving along with Major League Baseball, unfortunately, the Astros won last night and forced the Game 7. So they tie things up with the Tampa Bay Rays um, after the Rays blow a a 3-0 series lead. We saw this with Boston and the Yankees years ago. Um, the Astros coming in is, you know, the most hated villains of all time to start the baseball season with the cheating scandal yeah. and, you know, their coaches get fired, but none of their players get suspended and everything else. And then this year, Major League Baseball extends the number of teams that can get into the playoffs, which allowed them to get in with a losing record mm-hmm. and them to be on this run now where they're now one game away from the World Series after all this. I don't know if you, if you love it or you hate it, but for baseball, it generates a story. Yeah. It gets people interested in a sport that's not that interesting yeah. because of how the game's played, length of time, and all that. So, you know, do I want to see the Astros win to make it to the World Series? Only from the story standpoint, yes. Based on what they did and how they cheated the game, absolutely not. I don't no. think they, they should be rewarded by playing in the World Series and possibly winning a championship. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, baseball isn't an exciting sport to watch anymore, and it seems that people don't get too invested in it until World Series time comes around these these days. Um, but I mean, hey, you know, fall baseball is definitely an exciting time, and it just adds to the story, like you said. I, I think that you know. If they move forward, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But they aren't deserving to be rewarded because of what they did. Right. College football uh, game slated today. The big one is Alabama and Georgia. That's on 8 o'clock on CBS. So Nick Saban, coach of Alabama, tested positive for COVID on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. 
Um, he has since had two negative tests in a row and potentially will coach tonight's game. Yeah, that's crazy. Don't know how that works. Uh, I didn't know that you could test positive for COVID one day and then have two negative tests the next day. So was it a false positive to begin with? Um, you know, why? I, I don't know. Other coaches have tested positive and have quarantined and have been away from their team for, you know, 10 to 14 days, depending on what. Apparently, Saban may coach tonight. I don't know what that does. It'll be for it'll make for a wild story. That's for sure. Yeah, but, I, I don't know. You know what could have happened, but it it does sound like there's a very strong possibility it was a false positive the other day. Yeah, and you know, so that's the big game tonight. I'll be tuning into that. Um, speaking of false positives, NFL this week we had some false positives that threw the monkey wrench into some mm-hmm. week's teams. Uh, we saw the Colts had four false positives on Friday. They shut down their facility only to learn that the positive tests were false positives. So. Okay. They were able to get back into things. The Falcons, I believe, also had a a false positive that was shut down in that. So, um, hey, we see that, you know, the issues the NFL is running into are teams and players testing positive and how they're going to rework the schedule to get all these games in 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 the 16 weeks that they normally do. Um, The schedule makers are, are playing, you know, they're playing that game with the with the three cups, and they're moving the, the pill around. And you got to follow and figure out where the schedule's going to land, what game you're going to be played, what day you're going to be played on. Um, we see it again. You know, another Patriots player tested positive, so who knows if that Patriots Broncos game is going to get played? They got postponed, so they already had their bye week last week. So if that gets postponed again, then what does that mean? Um, Chiefs and Bills were moved to Monday night because Bills and Titans played last Tuesday. So, again, it's a lot of moving pieces. Um, Unfortunately, I think that's going to be a recurring theme, you know, as especially as the season goes on. We're just going to see more false positives. And, I mean, uh, unfortunately, you just have to roll with it. And just... Eventually, to me, you're going to have to... I think, realistically, if you're, if you're the NFL... You're going to have to make an announcement here shortly where you add a week or two on to the regular season just to make sure that you play all these games. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you're going to be able to get them in given the circumstances. No, No, absolutely. We'll see about that. Um, So as right now, we have a full slate of NFL games tomorrow. Um, Here, it's, it's Browns week. Pittsburgh, Cleveland. What once was a heated and hateful rivalry, rav, rav, well, easy for me to say, um, you know, that kind of changed once the Browns moved to Baltimore. Yeah. And then, you know, they've basically been just a stepping stone since they've come back in the league for every team, including the Steelers. Um, I think Ben in his career versus the Browns is like 23-2-1 or something okay. ridiculous. Cleveland hasn't won in Pittsburgh in 16 seasons. Um, So, yeah, I know for the Steelers, it's just another game. For the Browns, if they win, it'll be be like they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, They'll they'll get a hero's welcome for sure. Yeah, and then it's, you know, first time that, you know, these two teams are back on the field after the Miles Garrett-Mason Rudolph incident last year where Miles, Miles Garrett ripped 
the helmet off and basically tried attempted murder by <laughs> whacking whack-a-mole Mason Rudolph in the head. Um, so be interested to see with that. Here's a couple of things for you. So Miles Garrett, right? He goes through all that, gets suspended by the league, gets reinstated. Cleveland rewards him by giving him a hundred plus million dollar contract, mm-hmm. right? He's being hyped up as being defensive player of the year this year. Um, and to me, you know, I would rather have TJ Watt than Miles Garrett. Yeah. Right? So here's some here's some interesting numbers for you, okay. right? So so far this year, TJ Watt versus Miles Garrett. In pressures, Watt has 19, Garrett has 19. Quarterback hits, Watt has 15, Garrett has 11. Sacks, Garrett has six, Watt has four and a half. Hurries, Garrett has 14, Watt has 13. Quarterback knockdowns, Watt has eight, Garrett has six. TJ Watt's played in one less game. So he's even with Miles Garrett, and he's played in one less game. Watt should have been defensive player the last year. I felt like they gave it to Stephon Gilmore strictly because of like the Patriots record and the, the defense as a whole, the run they went on the first eight or nine games of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's arguments could be made if you if you look up Steven Nelson's numbers last year, cornerback for the Steelers, and compare it to Stephon Gilmore's, Nelson was actually better than Gilmore was last year, number wise, if you look at it. Nobody voted for Steven Nelson for defensive player of the year. So, um, to me, TJ Watt's one of the, the top two or three defensive players in the league. He's going to break the bank whenever his contract comes due. Good for him. Kudos to him. His productivity warrants that. He's always on the field. Um, so, yeah, just interested to see. Like I said, uh, I, I hope the Steelers win tomorrow. I'll be watching the game. Um but let's pump the brakes on this whole Miles Garrett is so great talk whenever you have somebody that's going to be on the field on the opposite side that has played one less game and has put up the same exact stats pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Definitely valid. So, yeah. So, um, full week there. And then uh, Saturday, the hop back on the Saturday, um, not only do you have college football, but you have UFC – Fight night from Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. You got the Korean Zombies in the main event on that, so that'll that'll be a good card. That starts off around four o'clock, so that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. Alabama, Georgia, and then from the world of boxing, I know people don't even consider boxing a sport anymore because of how bad it's fallen off. Um, but ESPN starting at ten o'clock has the prelims. And then the main card kicks off at 10 for the Lomachenko-Lopez fight. If you haven't watched Lomachenko yet, um, he's that dude. He's that 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 real. Um, he's probably the best pound-for-pound fighter out there. Um, you, could, you could have arguments with other people, but he's definitely up there. This fight is to, to unify belts because um, yeah. we know boxing, they have 17 different <laughs> WA, WBA, WBC, whatever. Um, there's so many different belts in boxing, which is ridiculous. Um, but this is to unify all the belts for the, I believe it's the welterweight division. Um, so that'll be a, a nice nightcap to end the night tonight. Yeah. Sit down. 
Um, after you've had your football fix and that, you can can watch what what used to be you know a, a very proud sport. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they've fallen off over the past years because of whatever reasons, poor promoting, not not interesting fighters, you know, lack of a heavyweight division, um, whatever the case may be. But boxing purists and people that enjoy watching the sport of boxing, they'll they'll get a good fight tonight if you tune in. Yeah, it seems like ESPN's kind of been the, the leader in boxing, you know, since HBO got out of it. Um, so I'll definitely tune in tonight, I think, you know. I'd never pay for a boxing fight, but being on ESPN, I'll definitely check it out. Um, yeah, between U- UFC tonight and that, yeah, well, some things to watch. Yeah, definitely. So, like I said, jam-packed, jam-packed weekend sports. Um, Weekend-wise, it's it's going to be heavy and, and hit hard, so you'll have a, a sports uh, sports hangover come come Monday, but you're right back into a doubleheader with Monday Night Football. Yeah. So, um, it never never really ends here. Um, it, it is what it is, so enjoy it while you can because hopefully as we get back to some normalcy here moving forward, who knows when that will be, it, it'll kind of shift into sports being played at their originally respected times mm-hmm. um, so we can focus more coverage on football during football season, basketball during basketball season, baseball, so we can get into and deep dive a little bit further now everything's still being played to the point where we get into this sports segment and we're kind of just giving quick hits instead of in-depth discussion because yeah, of there's so much going so on. So much going on. So yeah, the, that's all I got for this week in sports. All right guys, I think that's going to do it for the dumb marks this week. We had a jam-packed week with stuff went a little went a little long, so I hope you enjoyed the Tons of fun power hour that Steve likes to call it. Yeah, and if, if you know if this longer longer episodes don't work for you, by all means, reach out to us and let us know. We're open for for you know, like we say all the time, comments, criticism, remarks. Um, maybe we have to change up how we release shows or how we get into topics. Um, we're all for it, so by all means, reach out to us and let us know. Yeah, hit us up on on anything on YouTube. Leave us a comment or any of our social media, which is. At Dumb Marks POD for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and this week we added radio.com. Nice, nice. And also don't forget, you can always email the show. You can email us at dumbmarkspod at gmail.com. Again, that's dumbmarkspod at gmail.com. All right, Steve, you got anything else for the week? Nope, that's all. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. And as always, we leave you with a little uplifting message. This week, I got a little quote or a little little tidbit from Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, WWE champion, Hall of Famer. Hometown hero. Hometown hero. You know, Clarion University standout. Um, And from the the wisdom that is Kurt Angle, if you want to get ahead, you got to get started first. Only you can make it happen. Nobody else will do it for you. Shine like the star that you deserve to be. Hashtag it's true. It's damn true. And with that, you can catch us around the way.